Welcome to Night Talk. Uh, it's Bertha Charuma in for Oliver Dixon. And of course, now coming up next, now this is something that has been happening over and over and over again. So we look at what drives honest and dishonest decision making. Honest and dishonest decision making. In lawyers, the current uh, compliance requirements applicable to legal practitioners mean that there is a standard of ethics that must be adhered to. Now, in the past oh, a couple of weeks, we've heard several stories about lawyers being arrested, sentenced, or struck off the roll uh, for dubious practices, from cheating people out of their pension funds to running off with rough that's road accident fund uh, payments that are meant for clients. And we sit and ask this question. We've become, you know, it is really, really the wild, wild west. It's chaotic. It's a jungle. It's a concrete jungle. I mean, it's, it's literally, it's a livelihood of survival here. How do you spot a dubious lawyer? And if you find yourself having problems with your lawyer, where do you go? Is it now a civil matter instead of a criminal matter? Do you go to the police? Do you go and report? What happens? Because your lawyer is supposed to give you guidance in terms of finding justice. But if the very person who's supposed to assist you to finding justice is the one that robs you, I'm lost for words. But I do have our guests um, chatting to us, um, Pumele Lozikalala, attorney and director at Zikalala Attorney to help us find ways and also just to understand what is happening. I know it has happened over the years. It's been happening, but not at this rate. But let me wake up, welcome our, uh, our, um, our guest, Mpumilelo Zikalala. Good evening and welcome to Night Talk. Good evening to you, Good evening to your listeners. This is, this is so worrying, you know. I don't know. Today we've got just worrying matters. How is it that, you know, when you find somebody who's supposed to assist you with justice ends up being the one that robs you? How did we, what, what is happening? It, it, it's indeed worrying, but it proves that they, you find a few rotten apples here and there. And you are going to find individuals that are, do not stick to the noble profession or do not understand what it means to be an attorney to protect the legal interest of your clients. And yet, when you go to school, and I mean by university, you get told about ethics when you write one of the exams, which is one of the board exams they teach about ethics, and yet you still find individuals which are going to go against those rules. Which is why, by the way, the Legal Practice Council, which is the council that regulates all legal practitioners, insists on doing yearly audits. So each year, a person would receive an, an, an audit. You would need a person who's going to submit and check your bank account so that everything has been going on correctly. There's a list in the questionnaire which is going to be submitted to you. And you're meant to provide a list or portfolio of evidence of all the measures that you've put in place to make sure that you're able to render the services to the client. But most importantly, you are handling the trust funds in a, in a good and a perfect manner. And to foster that, every single legal practitioner is supposed to have two accounts, which is... One is your business account where you do normal business uh, banking or, or transactions. And then the other one is the trust account, which is where all the monies of the clients are supposed to stay up until they are due to be paid to that particular client. And they must be a very clear track record of saying that I received money from person A and then I paid person B because there was a 
property transaction which was taking place and were able to account all the times to what, what exactly did you do with that particular amount of money. Mm. And just to put um, our conversation into perspective, uh, former KZN attorney was sentenced to 10 years in, in jail for fraud. A client deposited $1.7 million into the attorney's trust account for the transfer of property, but the transaction was never done. This is a 52-year-old mm. uh, former KwaZulu-Natal attorney, um, you know, who's been sentenced. And um, that's Mr. Dube. That's his surname. I'm just going to call him Mr. Dube. He appeared in the Durban Specialized Commercial Crime Court where he was sentenced. And in 2015, um, he was practicing as an attorney when a client gave him the, you know, deposited 1.7 million into the trust account. And the money was for the transfer of the property. However, Mr. Dube failed to transfer the property and used the money for personal use. So Hawks came in and of course Hawks spokesperson uh, Lieutenant Colonel Simpuem Trongo said a case of fraud was then reported at Durban Central Police Station and the case docket was allocated to the Hawks members from the Durban Serious um, uh, Commercial Crimes Investigation for intensive investigation and was then arrested in 2017 and granted bail uh, but uh, Mr. Dube then appeared in court several times until he was found guilty and then sentenced to se um, to 10 years. And there's a lot of cases. I know in the Eastern Cape, um, there's also uh, cases that are, you know, um, happening of this nature where people are just being ripped left, right and center. How then, maybe the question is, how do you identify a good legal mm. representative? You know, I always say you must always apply precautions. You know, when you go to buy bread, you look at the expiry date, you even touch it and fill it here and there, make sure there's the correct brand and it's fresh. And yet in the most important thing, when you are going to deposit your money, you will then fail to provide and check the balances and make sure that everything that the person that you are dealing with can be able to account. I always feel happy when a person would come to me and say, can I have a look at you? of a different certificate can you give me your practice number and by the way this is public information so if you would go to the lpc website for example and go under the list of legal practitioners type in my name and send it my name ought to appear there the office in which I, I practice in ought to appear there and that gives you the assurance that the individual that you are dealing with is a person that has been audited a person, a person who is a registered legal practitioner and i also have the assurance that they do have a different certificate which is going to do what by the way it's going to pay me back the amount or when i say me i refer to myself as the client the amount in which this legal practitioner would would have embezzled because when they are issued that particular fertility fund certificate, they are then issued an insurance that would say whatever that happens, the fertility fund certificate or the, the insurance is going to kick in. There are other instances in which legal practitioner will then have extra insurance just to cover themselves for professional negligence instances and to make sure that they're able to place their customers in the position they would have been had the, the fraud had not taken place. But as a precautionary measure, Go in and ask for all those things. I want to see your certificates. Even if you want to see the qualifications, do that. And then you can go and do your own independent or third verification process by going to the LPC website or giving them a call, even going to the offices physically. And then say, I want to see what exactly is Mr. Zigalala doing? And I want to know whether I'm dealing with someone who is professional enough. The other part on it, 
then it depends on from office to office. For example, you would find an attorney who is going to insist on a mandate, which we always do, to say, this is what I promise that I'm going to do. This is what is going to happen pertaining to a matter. And after that first consultation, you then have a process of a, a mini legal opinion. We call it FIREC, in which I then give you um, sort of a, a synopsis of what exactly that you are going to do and also offer you a pro forma account, which is like a quotation to say, this is what's going to happen from point A up until point Z. Are you willing to take this particular risk? I'm not uh, giving you or promising you the world, but this is how things are going to pan out based on the case law and the legislation that we have. If you are willing to accept that, then you can start the terms of, of our contract and deal with it on that particular basis. But there's a difference when it comes to your RAF and medical negligence matters, which are going to pay quite a lot, because those are usually regulated by contingency fee agreements. What do those say? I'm going to do the work from A up until Z. You are not going to pay a cent, including the monies which are due to experts that we need, for example, you have your orthopedics and other doctors which are required. And then at the end, I'm going to take 25% of whatever amount in which you are going to win, excluding the amount of or the disbursement amount, the disbursements amount. What are those amounts? Amounts that were utilized in this particular matter, paid for by the firm, but not for the benefit of the firm. That would be your doctor's um, uh, fees, uh, any, any traveling fees that, that, that might have incurred. So you must know all those things from the start so that you are well aware of how much you are going to get at the, at the, at the end of the day and the manner in which it has been calculated. When it comes to property transaction, is a bit different because you must make sure that whenever you even agree or even start to deal with the, with the deeds office, the purchase amount must be within your trust account and you can only release it at the end once the title deed or the, the property has been registered because you are preventing a situation where if there are any complications during this transaction and it ends up not going through, I must be able to send the money back to the buyer to say, I've been keeping this money safe for you. Uh, the transaction did not go through. You can take your money back without any questions or any stories. Mm. And of course, we also have a case of uh, the road accident fund where, you know, you, you, you process your paperwork and then the money is then paid into, you know, in, into your legal practitioner's account. And then, I don't know, you know, it, then it has to be then given to you. And if that, that does not happen. What, what are we looking at in terms of how you report the case? Do you go to the police? What happens? And what, what are we looking at in terms of punishment? Mm. I would suggest that you do both. Go to the police as soon as possible and also also go to the LPC. Why do you, the, the LPC is going to have has wide-ranging powers. So they can come to my office tomorrow and, and then say, we're now stopping any transaction which are going on within your trust account. We have spoken with your bank because you've provided us or given us that information. We just to want to place a hold over it so that at the end of the day we can be able to deal with this, the, the investigations that we have. And you also go to the police because that particular legal practitioner would have committed a criminal act. But at least if you go to the LPC first, there are more, a lot more chances of you saving your money because with the police, the docket is going to be opened, investigations are going to take place. Meanwhile, the person has access to the funds and they, they are free to do whatever that they want to do with it. Another process that you can do is that Keep in constant contact with your legal practitioner just to know what's happening with them, with, with my matter, where are we at the moment. Now, with the RAF, they have taken an initiative of saying that we can be able to advise our, 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 our claimants 
or the people that were about to pay you, even though they do not go into detail, but they will tell you over the phone if you, or if you go in the contact center to say, yes, we've paid you an X amount, this is the amount that you have, sort of as a manner of making sure that there's, there's transparency in the transactions that are taking place. And just to make sure that a person is not paid and the legal practitioner keeps quiet while they're dealing with the manner in the with the money in the manner in which they want to deal with, with it in. I must state though that there has been a, a trend that is a, especially with medical negligent cases of court orders which are going to include or um, include words of saying or actions saying that a trust must be opened and part of that trust or that trust must then be managed by a financial institution. That's all well and good, but at the, at the end of the day, some of the claimants don't really understand what that means because what that means is that someone is going to handle the money on your behalf and they're going to give you a small portion share on a monthly basis um, just to take care of the basics and nothing else. Mm. And they are going to decide as to what exactly is happening with the funds that have been allocated to you. Yeah, I hope you don't mind. Um, can I just hold on to you for just a few minutes? I need to go to news and maybe we can uh, maybe stretch it another five minutes or so because I also want to talk about whistleblowing. Uh, you know, what are the implications? How do you do that if you, you know, if you want to uh, whistleblow on your peers? I'm speaking to Mpumelelo Zikalala, attorney, director at Zikalala Attorney, and we're talking about uh, bogus lawyers. Uh, and a lot of people have been, you know, they've been duped, should I, if I should use that word, or maybe, you know, you've been tricked or your money has been stolen literally right before your eyes and uh, you did it without you realizing um, that, you know, your money was going down the drain. But for now, let's go to Greg for news. When we come back, we continue with the conversation and make sure you send us your voice notes 0614104107. Night Talk, giving you depth and texture to the conversations that matter. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And it is Bertha Charuma with you right up until 12 midnight and um, in for Oliver. And if you missed uh, the better part of the show starting off this evening, um, in the first hour, we spoke about CGE inspection on correctional services facilities. And um, our next conversation right now, uh, dubious attorneys, how to spot and how to stop them. And um, talking to Mpumelelo Zikalala, attorney and director at Zikalala Attorney. And it will be interesting to know, uh, maybe you'd like to ask questions, share your views, your opinions, or just you know whatever is on your mind and, and I did also highlight the fact that um, at 11 it is open line where you literally talk about anything but I'm just going to continue with this conversation for another five minutes so that we can wrap it up and um, another case um, that also happened a lawyer accused of fleecing client of nearly four million and eight more um, helpless victims um, has been disbarred. This is a Western Cape attorney also accused of selling property for twice the original amount. This just never ends. Well, Mpumelelo, uh, welcome back. Thank you very much for having me. So to maintain integrity of the profession, let's say mm. um, you know, my peers are being out of order. And how does the, you know, whistleblowing work, if at all it mm. works? Mm. Well, you do have the LPC that you can report your peers on, in which you then say, I've met about, um, most of the time we'd find that it's clients which are going to come to you. 
and then they complain about your peers and then say this is a this is what has happened and the advice would always be please go to the lpc so that we can we can seek to protect your rights and try and find a bit of justice what is most important for me is the protection of the monies which we have to secure back and the only way we can do do that is then to report the matter to the LPC. As I stated earlier, they have wide range of powers when it comes to the trust accounts and the ability to stop any movements within those trust accounts so that you're able to find and save the bit of money that you can. So it's always important to say that, or my, my, my pay of line to say, your LP, the LPC is your closest friend and your best friend when it comes to these matters. Go to them as quickly as possible, explain everything. They would want everything to be done on a, based on an affidavit. If you have that, then they will be able to start the conversation. And then you can try and recover the amount of money in which that uh, scrupulous attorney would be keeping in their trust account. Mm. And where is the Legal Practice Council in all of this? Um, they, 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 play, they play an integral role. Firstly, you have the, the yearly audits that you have to do. And then there are also subscriptions that you have to pay on a yearly basis. So they're not going to issue out that certificate if they can find that there's something wrong which is happening within your trust account. So they, they play a very super um, uh, important role because they are the ones who can come in at any point in time, unannounced, go into the attorney's office, stop whatever that is happening there, even in the bank account. Which is why it's important, by the way, to, 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 to state that do not go to a legal practitioner that are not registered within the LPC because then the LPC is not going to have any jurisdiction over them and you'll be forced to go to the police, which may take a bit of time from the investigation phase up until the person is arrested. Their offices are found in every single province, so every, every province is going to have an LPC office and in some instances you'd find them in, in, in two or more cities, for example, here in KZN, you have one in Peter Marisbeck, another one in, in, in Devon. But their lines are, are open and you can go there and be able to report everything. But they are the custodians and the ones, or let's, let's call them the big brother, who looks after the interests of the public and makes sure that the legal practitioners are doing everything correctly. Mm. Yeah, this is this is a, a really really serious situation, especially uh, where property is concerned. And you find that you've purchased mm. a property only to find that it's been sold to three or four or five more people, and it's the five mm. of you trying to figure out now, because if it if mm. it is that it's been sold to to more than two people, I would like to believe then there must have been legal practitioners in cahoots. Definitely. And you'd find because at the end of the day, you're not really privy to what is happening within the state's office. The other ones that are going to have an eye of knowing where the, 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 the registration is, and they can keep on saying to you, well, it's been registered, we're waiting for this and that. So it's always important to stay at the start. I want to see, are you registered with the LPC? Do you have a valid fidelity fund certificate? I'm going to check and verify that on my own. When it comes to property, I want to know who's a property um, owner of, of, of this of this property. All the deeds offices are, are welcoming to members of the public. If you come in with the correct address details and say, can you please check for me who's the owner of the property? I'm about to do a transaction. If you say I would like to meet them, then you go and do that. Then everything will be fine. Another process would be maybe try and build a more a relationship with your legal practitioner so that you can make sure that there's that level of trust before you engage in any uh, property transaction or any big amounts transactions. But there's always um, not, not really foolproof in terms of securing your money because someone can never tell you that now I'm going to turn from being an honorable man to be a, a crook. 
So what you must do is just make sure that all the your, your ducks are in the row. If anything is suspicious, then go to the LPC as soon as possible. Mm. I've got a voice note. Uh, let's just uh, go to the voice note and then I'll come back to you. Sure. Hi, Peter and uh, your listeners at SAFM. I would like to say that uh, it is so unfortunate that uh, now of late, this uh, profession, the legal profession, which has always been regarded as the noble profession, has been marred by dubious attorneys. And uh, it also led people to lose hope in taking their matters to honest attorneys who work in terms of the constitution, in terms of the law, and who are also ethical, who are professional in all respect. I would like to withhold my name. Thank you very much, Peter. Those are my views that I want to share. Bye. This is a, a very interesting voice note because also that's something that's been, you know, on my mind to say, especially where the, the, the legal fraternity is concerned, it was never really this, um, this tarnished. He did mention that it was, it was always noble. You knew that mm. if, if you seek legal advice, uh, you are bound to get some form of justice of sorts. And now, here we are with a few rotten apples. Mm -hmm. and, and I must commend the, the Legal Practice Council, or let's say the regulators, because before them there was the law societies, of thinking ahead uh, of, of the crooks and saying, we are going to insert those regulatory processes, we are going to make sure that these are the standards in which legal practitioners ought to operate in. And that's what we get told on a daily basis, just so that we're able to protect the interests of the, of the members of the public. But what is important is that as a member of the public, um, even though it pains me to say this, you shouldn't be too trusting. Just make sure that all the proofs which, which, which are required, just to make sure that what the person that you're going to is a legal practitioner, they have a valid trust account, they are registered with the LPC, start there. And then once that process has been obtained, then make sure whatever that we are going to communicate or that we are going to agree on, let's put it in writing so that we do not have a situation that he said, they said, and it's easy to know what expectation or what should I expect in these particular matters. If we're able to take care of that, I think we'll be able to, 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 to be fine. And then the other one would be, well, maybe to my fellow Leonard friends to say, we are going to the, the, it rests on us to make sure that we're able to uphold the noble profession. So if we do not act in a noble manner, then definitely we're going to find members of the public losing trust in us in the manner in which we're handling their cases. So it's important even for us to make sure that we're always professional and we stick to what the law says so that we maintain the good standard uh, and, and the noble profession of the legal profession. Absolutely. Mpumelelo, thank you so much for joining us this evening and uh, helping us, you know, unpack, um, you know, some of, you know, some form of direction uh, that we can take in terms of making sure we're safe. Like I said, it has become a concrete jungle. It's survival of, the, it's survival of the fittest. But thank you so much and have yourself a pleasant evening. 
Thank you very much for hosting me. Bye-bye for now. Mpumelelo Zikalala, attorney and director at Zikalala Attorney. And talking about dubious attorneys, bogus attorneys, how to spot and how to stop. And some of them, you know, they really went to school and they've been doing great work. I don't know. This evil thing that just crops up and then they just decide, okay, fine. I'm just going to go rogue. I'm going to be bogus. Maybe what needs to happen if you are a person that has vowed to make sure that you are going to work with the system and be a partner in law enforcing and you go off the rails, maybe your punishment should just be a little bit more harsh. Maybe then we can have a bit of order. Just a thought. Quarter past 11 it is. Uh, it is night talk. And um, lines are opened. It is open open line, open time. Um, whatever is on your mind that you would like to talk about, this is the moment. Um, give us a call on 86 or send us a voice note 0614-104-107. And your voice note must not exceed a minute. And also make sure that it's audible and um, switch the radio off, preferably because it feeds in. And, of course, it won't be as audible as, you know, the or basically the sound would not be as perfect. So let's do this. 86 Maybe you also want to comment about um, uh, the topics that we handled this evening, talking about inspection on correctional services earlier on. And, of course, we've just been talking about dubious attorneys and how to spot them and also how to stop them. We'll be back. Let's have the conversation.